Welcome to Ancient Words, the Bible study podcast from Red River Ministries. On this podcast, there are no personal or political agendas, no current events, and no denominational teachings. Instead, we study the Word of God from an understanding that the Bible is the best interpreter of the Bible, and that there have been excellent Bible teachers throughout history. By pulling from both of these understandings, we believe that we can apply the Bible to our lives today without all the hype and hoopla that many others can't seem to live without these days. Thank you for joining us. Now, on to today's study. Hello everyone. Before we get started today, I just wanted to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for your listening to this podcast. Your support has helped us go around the world. We now have listeners on every naturally inhabited continent, that's Antarctica not included, in over 40 different countries. Thank you for helping us grow this podcast, this Bible study, to reach over 1,000 downloads since we launched. Now that may not seem like a lot, but in podcasting terms, that puts this podcast in the top 15% of worldwide podcasts. Not that I am interested in stats like that, but some of you might be. Now, how can we reach more people with this teaching? Well, we have a few things in the works, but we are really going to need help getting it done. So there are a few ways you can help support the ministry here. Uh, one, you can go to our website, redriverministries.org, and click on the link to donate to the ministry. This will take you to our Buy Me a Coffee page, where you can give a one-time donation or become a member at different levels. Different monthly membership levels also get you different rewards, which I am very excited to be able to offer to you. Second, you can go and purchase any item from our newly launched official store. Again, the link can be found on the website under the Featured Store tab. We have launched a great line of apparel and other goods that will ship directly to your home. Check it out today and go back often as we are constantly uploading new designs. Third, you can help support a business venture that my wonderful wife and I have launched. It is called Crafted by Crow. We feature handmade leather goods, jewelry, and accessories. Uh, information can be found on the Red River Ministries website under the Featured Store tab. Just scroll down and you will find links to both our Facebook and Etsy pages. Uh, another way you can help us is to use our affiliate link to purchase books and other goods from ChristianBook.com. Uh, we use ChristianBook.com to shop for many things, including Bibles, books, and church supplies. If you use our affiliate link found on the Featured Store tab on our website, we will get a portion of anything you purchase. Uh, use our affiliate link every time you purchase from ChristianBook.com, and it will continually help us out. Um, and another way you can help us is to to purchase any of our books from Amazon. Um, the easiest way to find our books is to go to our website, click on the Books tab. This will take you up to a page where you can click on links to find each book individually. And remember that our books are available in print or on Kindle 
including Kindle Unlimited. And finally, and most importantly, this is the most important one to me, to my wife, to any of us here. You can support us by praying for us and sharing the information about this ministry with others so they can pray for us. Nothing that we do will work without prayer and guidance from the Lord. So it is prayer that we long for most of all. Thank you, and may God bless you. Now, on to today's study. Hello everyone and welcome back. As always, I invite you to get your Bible in a notebook if you so desire. We will be back in Isaiah chapter 53 today. If you have been following along in our last few episodes, then you know that we have been looking at once one of the suffering servant passages in the book of Isaiah. Specifically, we have been looking at the passage that begins with the last few verses of chapter 52 and goes through the end of chapter 53. Now we have identified the suffering servant as Jesus of Nazareth and discovered that he will return to earth to establish his kingdom. We learned also that he is high, lifted up, and exalted by God the Father. Then we started getting into his first earthly coming. We saw how he was received at the first time he came to his people, a discovery we will continue today as we look even deeper into the punishment that Jesus took in his body. Now, some people may ask, what more can be done to him? Hasn't he suffered enough punishment? Now remember that he has already been beaten, mocked, put on trial, mocked some more, beaten some more, then taken to the Roman authorities to have more of the same done to him. By the time the general public sees Jesus again, he is beaten so badly that he was unrecognizable as a human being. And now he is going to endure even more? How can that be? As we will see, some of this punishment does not come at the hands of men. In fact, the worst punishment that Jesus takes on is carried out by someone the people standing by do not even see. And that is what we are going to look at today. Now let us read today's verses. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 and 5. And these are very familiar verses to all of us. So let's read them very carefully. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we, has, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your love and for your word. We thank you for all that has been done for us through your Son. Open our hearts to receive your word and our minds to understand what you are saying through your Spirit. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, I want you to remember from our last study together that what we are looking at right now is the nation of Israel looking at what Jesus did when he was here on earth the first time. 
they are remembering how they treated him, how they rejected him. And now his work that was carried out through all of that rejection, beating, and the crucifixion. As a people, they are seeing for the first time that Jesus came to show them the way back to God the Father without the need for the Levitical priesthood, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, or any of the works that they had grown accustomed to performing. They are looking backward in time. We can see that from the use of the past tense verbs. And they are seeing with humility and shame how badly they rejected their Messiah. In our verses today, we're going to discover that they see so much more than their own rejection of him, but also the one who is ultimately responsible for Jesus' death. Let us begin to unravel our verses together bit by bit and see what the people of Israel finally come to realize about Jesus and why it is so important for us as well. It starts out, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow. Our first phrase gives us some insight into what the people of Israel are finally starting to see about Jesus. They understand that he was a man just as they are, so he can relate to them on every level. If you look at the ministry of Jesus in the Gospel accounts, then you will see a man who deeply loved the people he was around. Not only did he celebrate with them in their happiness, such as at the wedding feast in Cana, but he also grieved with them in their moments of despair. We need only look at the story of the widow whose son was dead to see the grief that moved him to compassion for the woman. Turn to Luke chapter 7 very quickly for a moment and let us see Jesus in this way. Luke chapter 7 verses 11 through 15 says, Soon afterward he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Jesus was moved with compassion for this mother. If you think for one moment that Jesus did not also feel some grief and sorrow for her, then you should seriously reconsider what kind of person Jesus is. Not only is he fully God, but he is also fully human which means that he is able to feel the full spectrum of human emotions. He not only is capable of, every, of feeling every human emotion, but he is capable of succumbing to every human desire caused by those emotions. That is why the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, that in every way he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus, because of his humanity, feels the same emotions we do 
He feels joy, delight, happiness, sadness, grief, and sorrow. When the people of Israel look back on Jesus and they see what he has done for them, they say, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, not only because of what he did that day on that cross, but because he was fully man and he felt the emotions they felt every single day. He still feels those emotions because he did not lay down his humanity when he ascended into heaven. He was risen from the grave as a man, fully God and fully man the same way he lived. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father in the same way, fully God and fully man. He still has the same emotional capacities that he had when he walked the earth over 2,000 years ago. He still understands our griefs and sorrows. He also understands our joys and our triumphs. There's a reason he endured the torment of that day, the death of the cross and the burial in that tomb. There's a reason he rose from that tomb after three days and three nights. He did it so that we might be saved and become his joint heirs in his Father's kingdom. When we consider what happened that day and when the people of Israel look back on that day, they see that it was not just the Roman soldiers or the Jew Jewish leaders who inflicted their wrath upon Jesus. Rather, it was the working of God the Father that day that made it possible for us to be saved. Look at the rest of verse 4. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. This is the part of the cross that makes people angry. This is the part of the cross that makes people confused. This is the part of the cross that makes people turn away, especially if they do not understand what is happening. When Jesus was on that cross, he was taking on the sin of every person who would ever believe. He was becoming the sin sacrifice for all time, for every believer throughout all eternity. That once for all sin sacrifice could only appease the wrath of God because it was offered by the Son of God. Now, contrary to popular belief, God the Father did not abandon the Son on the cross. He did not turn his back on the Son and forsake him. Instead, what happened was much worse by comparison. God the Father unleashed his full wrath and justice against the sin of all believers on his son that day. That is why the people of Israel, when they look back on this event, they see that Jesus was stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. 
And the next verse tells us more of what happened during that time on the cross and what Jesus endured so that we might be saved. And I want you all to understand that this next verse in context is dealing with salvation and nothing else. This next verse has nothing to do with our physical healing and everything to do with our spiritual healing when we come to salvation. Isaiah 53 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Unfortunately, certain groups of people do not believe in taking a verse in context. They have taken this verse and made it all about physical healing, stating that because of what Jesus endured, we are promised physical healing. But if you remember the chief rule of Bible interpretation, which is always look at the context of a verse before you try to interpret the verse, then you will know why this kind of interpretation is flat out wrong. Everything up to this point has been about our salvation and redemption. Now it would be a huge jump in literary motif, textual textual analysis, and classical interpretation to say that verse 5 is about anything other than the same things salvation and redemption. After all, the words used in verse 5 are referring to sinful actions. Let's, let's take a closer look at them. We have the words transgressions, iniquities, and chastisement. Now, a transgression is defined as an act that goes against a law, rule, or code of conduct or an offense. Now, synonyms for transgression include the following. Crime, offense, sin, wrong, wrongdoing, disobedience, trespass, and infringement. Now, if Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, then an action, piercing either with the nails in his hands and feet, or the crown of thorns on his head, was taken against him because we have committed sin. Now, iniquity is defined as gross injustice or wickedness. Now, synonyms for iniquity include the following. Wickedness, immorality, evil, vice, villainy, and criminality. Next we see Jesus was crushed for our iniquities. What we have to remember is that some of this is being done to him physically and some of this is being done to him spiritually. The piercing was done physically, but he was never physically crushed. However, I do not think it would be too much of a stretch to say that the Father crushed our iniquities as Jesus took them on himself. Chastisement. 
Chastisement is defined as correction, punishment, pain or suffering inflicted for punishment and correction. Now, Jesus took on himself the pain or suffering that was inflicted for punishment and correction so that we might have peace. And what kind of peace can be gained by this sort of punishment? Well, peace with God. I believe this chastisement was both physical and spiritual as Jesus took pain and suffering from the cross and from the Father so that we might have peace with God. And then we come to the end of the verse, the part that many people misinterpret because they miss the context of the verse. With his wounds we are healed. Now what wounds are we talking about here? Again, we have to remember the context of the scripture. All the wounds that we have discussed here are at play. The emotional wounds from bearing our griefs and carrying our sorrows. The spiritual wounds from being stricken, smitten, and afflicted by the Father. The physical wounds from the Jews and Romans, from the beatings and from the cross. All of these wounds together bring forth our spiritual healing. All of these wounds together make it possible for us to come to the Father. All of these wounds together make it possible for us to become sons and daughters of the living God. To me, that is more amazing than a physical healing. That is the most amazing miracle ever brought forth. That I, a sinner from before I was born, conceived in sin, could become a son of God because of what Jesus endured that day is beyond the comprehension of the human mind. In fact, Paul even tells us that it is foolishness to those who are not being saved. But for those of us who are being saved, this is the greatest miracle imaginable. Now, I have some physical issues that I would love to not have to deal with. But I would never... I would never, I would never trade my salvation for a physical healing. I will deal with having pain and know that I am on my way to see my Lord. And this is why I fight against the health and wealth teachings of the prosperity gospel. I've seen its destructive force and what happens when this verse is taken out of context. Interpret scripture correctly in context with other verses and people will not be led astray. I want to urge you all to do this one thing. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Again, 
remember what Jesus has done for you. One more time. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Then, as you remember what Jesus has done for you, go out and tell other people about who he is and what he can do for them. Remember that sharing the gospel is not the same as sharing your testimony. Your testimony is a good starting point because it lets people know where you are coming from, but it is not the gospel. Always remember the gospel. Let us pray. Father God, as we come before you once again, we are reminded of just how wonderful you are. We are reminded that you sent your son for a specific purpose, and that purpose has been fulfilled. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. Please continue to lead each of us by your Holy Spirit. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Before you go, I wanted to remind you to check the show notes for important links concerning ways to support the ministry, as well as ways to help us reach out to others. If this podcast is a blessing to you, please share it with others on whatever podcasting app you use. Thank you, and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to Ancient Works, the Bible study podcast from Red River Ministries. For more information about Red River Ministries, to read our blog, or for an opportunity to give to the ministry, please see the links in the show notes. You can find us on all the social media outlets by clicking on the links in the episode information. Thank you, and may God bless you.